And I'm Rebecca, and we are Mama Bear Apologetics. Apologetics. We're just two gals talking about life's big questions from a biblical worldview. Because when it comes to the battle of ideas, we need to be able to say, mess with my kids and I will demolish your arguments. You mess, I demolish. Got it? Capiche? (laughs) (laughs) Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. I'm Rebecca. And we have an extra special guest today with us. We have Yay. our newest Mama Bear. So this is Catherine Buse. Hello. I'm happy to be here and happy to be a new Mama Bear. <laughs> <laughs> we had such a good time at the Apologetics Conference yesterday. And so we're going to tell you a little bit about that. We're going to tell you a little bit about Catherine's background and just, uh, I don't know, introduce our Mama Bears to the newest official mama bear. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so first, before we talk about the apologetics conference, I would like everybody to kind of meet Catherine a little bit. So let me tell you a little bit about how we found Catherine. So one of my professors is Sean McDowell at Biola University. And so we're friends on Facebook. We'll, we'll interact occasionally. But one day he had an article. And now I'm wishing I had the article. We'll try to, f- we'll put it in the podcast notes. That's, what was the title of the article? It's talking about why would a um, engineering mom be interested in, po- in apologetics? Yes, okay. it was something like that. And mm-hmm. I just immediately saw the word mom and apologetics. And of course, engineering, because uh, Rebecca and I are such science nerds, we kind of naturally gravitate towards mm-hmm. other fellow nerds. <laughs> other fellow nerds. <laughs> yes, there's a gravitational pull. <laughs> right. Nerd, nerdy science. Uh, and so I read that, and then I saw that uh, you had a book out teaching others to defend Christianity. And so I went on to Amazon and I think it was it was like 2.99 for the Kindle version. So I just mm-hmm. downloaded the Kindle version and started reading it and I was so impressed by how mm-hmm. linear and methodical mm-hmm. you laid everything out. It's probably the most well-organized apologetics book I've ever read. Thank you. I love it because it's like taking someone who is okay, they're the they're struggling with atheism or they're struggling with even belief in God, and they, you begin there, and then you just take them to, okay, you, you've gotten this far, now you need to think about this. You've gotten this far, let's think about it. And you end at the resurrection. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, so cool. Well, and that's really the whole idea of, um, of apologetics anyway, mm-hmm. is it's not necessarily to present different facts and evidences and argue different points. It's mm-hmm. to eventually get them to see the truth of Jesus Christ yes. and really with the resurrection, because that's... That's really what our faith is in. Yeah. Um, and so for me, having that engineering background, I wanted that linear progression. I needed yeah. to build the argument. And to me, the first step before you can explain repentance and forgiveness and reconciliation, you have to know there is something that you are repenting to, that yeah. you're reconciling with. And so to me, the first step was, how do we know God exists? Um, but of course, that doesn't get you to Jesus Christ, because that can just get you into deism or theism or yeah. any other type of religious worldview. So I kind of call uh, chapter four and the hinge chapter because it okay. it's not just taking that leap out of atheism and into belief in something, but you have to find and land and belief in Jesus. And so yeah. that fourth chapter really compares Christianity to other worldviews yeah. and um, assesses what makes it unique and is it truth? You know, there's a lot of ideas that are out there. Yeah. Um, can we know which one is truth? And so by going through that, we can we can see that Christianity is unique. Um, and it does, it is the only religion that offers that solution to our sin issue. Yeah, and, um, and you begin with 
does God exist? Because so many in our culture, that's where they are. Right. It's different from in the past. So right. I, I love that. Right. And that's why I do spend the first three chapters on that, because I think it is the, the main thing that our culture here struggles with is yeah. just belief in God itself. Yeah. And I like seeing the cumulative evidences yeah. of God, um, because there's lots of different arguments out there. And even though somebody might think that they have an argument against the existence of God in this particular field of, mm-hmm. you know, say cosmology, mm-hmm. but then you also have to explain the biology, the moral element, mm-hmm. the consciousness. So it's the cumulative of all of those different aspects of our life that all point to a God. Mm-hmm. So I liked kind of building that full foundation before we step into yeah. um, any other arguments of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you said that one of the, the you didn't even plan on writing this book. No. It was, it kind of, it's kind of happens, what's that word, serendipitously? Yes. <laughs> um, where you were teaching this curriculum and you had a publisher approach you and say, hey, how would you like to get this published? Well, um, it was... It was something that I came into just out of a personal necessity. So I'm, I'm very much a self-taught apologist at mm-hmm. this point. Yay. Yes. <laughs> That's, That's what we want yes. to tell moms out there is you don't have to go out and get a degree that you can be absolutely yeah. self-taught. And right. so we want to bring more self-taught mama bears on, on to, you know, with us to mama bear to show the mama bears that any of y'all can do this. Right. Well, there's so many resources out there. So yes. to, to, to teach yourself. And, yes. Yeah. And it was really... Um, it also helps me understand the the full necessity of learning apologetics because it was mm-hmm. not just an academic exercise for me. Mm-hmm. It was I was in the trenches with my faith fully being tested. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd become a Christian at a young age and grew up in a very strong biblical doctrine teaching church. Mm-hmm. But when I got into that scientific degree mm-hmm. program, um, going through engineering with my bachelor's and my master's. Then I start getting those questions mm-hmm. of, well, you know, how can you say the Bible is true and doesn't Darwinian evolution disprove everything? Mm-hmm. Why do you think a God exists? And so I needed to understand, not just for my own faith to have that confidence, but how do I then articulate that to someone else, yeah. mm-hmm. to my friends that are questioning this, to um, my classmates and my work colleagues? Yeah. So it was driven out of necessity and then that desire for merging my intellectual side with my love of the faith those Mm -hmm. two passions could come together and fully coexist yeah 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 because a lot of times i I, i've actually heard a literal sermon and i won't i won't say what church it was from where he goes to the passage he's like what does the bible say it says love the lord your god with all your what heart exactly and then he keeps going oh and basically says that loving like well he doesn't say loving the lord with your mind is doing this but he starts talking about how evidence and, and study and stuff that's the devil's playground because you know he's the prince of this world i would argue that our the heart could be the devil's pay, playground oh yeah very the, good in point. our culture it is very feelings oriented yes right. and what is it I, I can't remember the exact reference i think it's jeremiah two seventeen. i think i mm-hmm. posted this it is that the heart is deceitful above mm-hmm. all else and desperately wicked who can understand it mm-hmm. whenever right. john and i are driving somewhere and we're not sure where to go we'll always make jokes like well just follow your heart <laughs> <laughs> because you can't trust that heart always, you yeah. know, and it, and yeah. then we're also told to continually test things. Mm-hmm. You know, you and don't want to just using trust. Your brain. Do you test with your heart? Right. I mean, kind of. Some people do. <laughs> because you have to verify what you have in your heart yeah. and what you're feeling about something. Is that scriptural? Is that from the correct spirit? Is that from the Holy Spirit yeah. and not 
you know, um, the spirit of this world. Mm. So we're called to test that and to study it. And that does require engaging your thought process to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. So, uh, Catherine, you've told us a little bit about your background. Uh, you got your bachelor's in industrial engineering and mm-hmm. then your master's in engineering management. That's correct. Is that right? Okay. That's right. And so do you manage engineers? I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> No, yes, and who would want to do that right now? No, no, no I love it. We were talking. We were picturing the guy from Office Space. Though I take the specs oh. from the engineer to the customer. Why can't you understand that? The engineers are not people. People. Yeah. So, but you had a couple of impressive jobs from these. So, tell, tell us about right. your first job out of college. Um, well, first out, I worked as a contractor for the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did manage some engineers <laughs> <laughs> as we were um, building a new application for some missile systems. Okay. So it was really mm-hmm. exciting to kind of get in on, on that side of, of national defense yeah. and um, just kind of get, getting to travel around and see a product go from concept to prototype. Were you like high fun. security and everything and you couldn't? Well, I can't talk about No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I asked because my father worked on some Right, defense. right. You do yeah. have to have um, some clearance, and depending yeah. on what type of work you're in. She wore yes, sunglasses so. at night. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that bad, but, um, but it was it was a lo- it was very enjoyable. And yeah. then um, I wanted to kind of get more on the the manufacturing side of my industrial engineering degree. Mm-hmm. So I uh, went to United Launch Alliance, which is a rocket manufacturing plant, cool. mm-hmm. and uh, they build. At the time that I started working there, they built the Delta II, the Delta IV, and the Atlas V rockets wow. that put satellites yeah. in space. Nice. So it was. Um, it's a very impressive facility just the when you see the sheer size of these things that the we're that we're putting up and, and, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, right yeah. and then um, from there I, I wanted to get in with NASA Mm-hmm. So I started working at NASA on a time, at the time it was the Constellation program and we were designing mm-hmm. a new launch vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the time supposed to replace the shuttle program, but mm-hmm. um, they kind of changed course and changed directions, which is common at NASA, <laughs> um, always getting different direction from on high. On with, high. With new, mm-hmm. yes, Politics. every new election brings in a new direction. Have you seen Hidden so. Figures? No, I haven't. I, am I the only one here who's seen hidden figures? <laughs> I am so I've been bare I've been a hidden figure I, with my book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna come out of the cave eventually. Yeah. Watch movies again. I forget. I'm the only one with the luxury to actually go see yes, movies here. I know. <laughs> Anyway, I was just, you were talking about things just constantly yes. changing. I think they, they're they good when it's like she'd get done with all these calculations and he'd be like, great, thanks, and then just drop them straight in the trash because yes. they were already obsolete. And um, that was like an entire day's work. Oh, Already goodness. on something new. Yeah. That's, the, that's yeah. yeah, how frustrating. Yeah. So you had that. Uh, well, when that program was canceled, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 It, and it was hard to see all of, um, all of that great work and time we put into things for several years, for me, and m- more years than that for the other folks that were there. Um, and we just kind of had to put it in a binder and set it on the shelf. Maybe it'll be picked up. But um, hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. just for historical sake, we can at least document that we were doing work. <laughs> we were here. But we were it here. was very exciting. I did really, really love what I was doing. So that's why the fact that I quit my job mm-hmm. to stay home and raise my children was such a surprise. It yeah. was definitely something that God put all of the right pieces in place mm-hmm. to make it an easy decision yeah. because. Um, I had always said I would be a working mom, and especially mm-hmm. since I just I loved what I did so much. Mm-hmm. Things changed. Um, my husband had a different opportunity with his job, 
And it was just very clear that God wanted me to stay home. And I love the ability that we have to look back in hindsight and see his perfectly Mm -hmm. sovereign guiding hand resting on every situation Mm -hmm. where in the moment we're clueless as to why this is happening or why am I making this choice? And I never thought it would be like this. But when you look back and you can see that was divine providence of where God wanted to take me. And I do think it's because he called me to full-time motherhood mm-hmm. and full-time apologetics. And yes, <laughs> I know it's two full-time things, but that's what it feels like every day too. Yes. Um, so I now stay at home. I've got two boys that are five and three. And, um, and now God has fully grown my apologetics ministry that started off as just wanting to teach the next generation to prepare them for those questions Mm -hmm. before they got out of their little high school bubble, their youth group bubble Mm -hmm. mentality, and go into the the world of academia and the universities and college and just get hammered. I want to, you know, have those answers before you encounter that because the answers are there and they're not um, this esoteric lofty ideal that you can't understand it's Mm -hmm. very simple and very simple proofs of how we can have confidence in our beliefs and it started with that and um, Mm. just teaching the youth I just um, felt a call for sharing that with them and then years later I had the opportunity because I was a stay-at-home mom to teach other women Mm -hmm. and that was when being a mom and seeing other moms have this passion for understanding the defense of their faith And it really opened my eyes that it's not the college and high school age alone. It's the kindergartners. Yes. When they're just steeped in it. Right, right. Yeah, they're finding that these kids are, they're starting to question their faith earlier and earlier. Because beforehand, it's like you could kind of control what things they were exposed to. But with the internet, they're exposed to, I mean, the whole entire world with just a click of a button. And so they're finding these YouTube videos. They're asking, you know, sometimes before, if they know how to type, if they're old enough to know how to type, it's possible that before they come and ask you, how do I know there's a God that they've already Googled it and found some really horrible. um, Or a friend has. Or a friend, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. has asked this question. And so we don't have control as much over what they're exposed to. And so it's just getting younger and younger and younger. Right. And it's, that's exactly right. And, and it's really to the point where as a mom, the moment you open that storybook Bible and you teach Genesis 1 and you teach the birth of Jesus at Christmas time, you have to be prepared to fully explain why we are learning this. Yeah. And so I think in this culture especially, we there are a lot of wonderful parents out there that are pouring that scriptural knowledge into their children and they're teaching mm-hmm. them the Bible and they're teaching them how to study the Bible and how to pray and all of the great foundations of faith, but they're not telling them why we're Mm -hmm. learning the Bible. And I think that part has been missing for so long, and it's now starting to harm the church body as a whole because we're not explaining why we are Christians. Not just how you become one and what you do once you are one, Mm But why do we have this faith? And I would argue we should have been doing this all along. But Amen. we didn't have to because our culture was nominally Christian. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of slipped on that, which it shouldn't have been. I wish I had been taught that as right. well. I was steeped in Scripture, but I wasn't taught why. Yeah. Right. And the children really do want to know why. If they you do. give them the opportunity to ask. They, yeah. yeah, they really do. I, I remember yeah. the, the I think it was like called Stump the Pastor or something like that that we did at one of our previous churches where they could just ask whatever question they wanted to ask. And we had this sixth grader that was like asking, you know, what are some of the key differences between Gnosticism and Satanism? 
Wow. This was like a 12, 13-year-old kid. Wow. So the and he's obviously probably uh, has thought more about this than maybe some of the other kids. But at the same time, we got to realize that this this type of kid exists out there. And a lot of times, they're not going to ask. Yeah. Just they're not, they're not going to expect that their parents are going to know the answer to this. And yeah. so they'll start looking for answers. And they will find Ans- oh, quote-unquote answers online. Yeah. yeah, they'll find the answers somewhere. We live in an information-rich <laughs> world, so we have to be more aware of information mm-hmm. and what they're getting and getting the right information to them. Yeah, yeah. and Catherine and I were kind of talking yesterday about how we don't even necessarily have to have the answer for everything, and even if we don't explain mm. it perfectly, what our kids need to do is they need to have a history of when I have these questions, there are mm-hmm. answers available. That's a good point. Because that way, what happens is when you start having a precedent being set that there are answers to these questions, now in the future, even if I encounter a question that I don't have the answer to, I can say from past experience, usually these tough questions have even tougher answers. And so yeah. even if I can't get this one figured out, I'm gonna trust in that because that's what my past experience has taught me. They have a category for it. Yes, they have mm-hmm. a category. If their past experience is you just have more faith and that is their only experience, then when they do reach those tough questions in college, they're gonna say, well, these ones probably don't have answers either, so why should I even look for it? Or instead of not looking for it, these other people over here, they seem to think they have the answer. Yeah. So maybe I'm going to start listening to them because they'll actually talk to me about this stuff. This is how we lose so many of our intellectuals in the church is because nobody will talk to them. Right. They can't find other intellectuals they or can't people find, that are yeah. talking like this. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or they, mm-hmm. they're just pushed off to the side so they find a community where they're welcomed. And it is, it's really about um, fostering an environment that allows the questions mm-hmm. yeah. um, because that's, that's a problem you get into when somebody, because the questions are always there. Yeah. And they've always been there, and they honestly, they should be there. Yeah. Because if you really are believing something just on blind faith, then I would say, please walk away from it. That is not, <laughs> that's not true. Yes. So, but that's not Christianity. Christianity is not blind faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's good when children ask these questions, but we have to allow them to ask the questions and show them that they do have answers. And show and that we're not scared of the mm-hmm. questions. Right. And, and sometimes so, we are, because we ourselves don't necessarily know the answers. We've never asked. Right. Yeah. That's that's where we need to be good actors. No, that's not a scary question. Mommy's going to find out. <laughs> Let's learn right. together. And learn together, exactly. Yeah. And that's really, especially now that I'm a mom of, of small children, you know, when my five-year-old, when he was about four, four and a half, um, he asked me who made God. Wow. And, you know, out of it, a four-year-old mind, I think <laughs> that's true. He's doomed to have that inquisitive um, thinking mind. But... But it was wonderful. And so even though when I gave him the the explanation to answer the question, it might have included some concepts that he didn't quite understand. Mm -hmm. And I did use smaller word vocabulary for the four-year-old. But the answer is still the same, whether Mm -hmm. you're four or you're 84, the answer is still the same. And so what he saw, even if he doesn't fully understand the answer, he saw that there was an answer. Yes. Yes. And so that's what I want to foster in my children is to say, as you get these questions, you'll understand that they have answers. And as the questions get more complicated, they still have answers. Just like you were saying, Mm -hmm. he'll have a history in his mind that he doesn't have to just have faith or just pray a little bit more or, you know, we just believe because Mm -hmm. that all implies to him 
that if he digs around enough, he's going to find holes and it's not going to stand up to logic. Yes. And that's not the case. I do want to add a caveat to that, though, that no answer is better than an incorrect answer. Yeah. I'm just no, that's gonna, true. I'm going to say that because I, I have a friend of mine who, and she didn't mean to, but it's like she's 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 very, very ADD and so are her kids. They, they didn't have a chance. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, so she'll just be in the middle of doing something and he'll ask her a question. She'll be like, well, I think it's blah, blah, blah. And she'll just kind of rattle off the answer that she thinks she is. But he's like super duper inquisitive. Mm -hmm. And so he'll go and he'll study the answer and find out, oh, what mommy said isn't right. And she's she's come to me and says, what do I do? He won't believe anything I say anymore. And he's only like, you know, eight or nine years old. And so she's lost that credibility. So she's saying if if these answers are going to come, it's probably going to have to come from you now. If you don't really know, it's okay to tell them. Yeah, it's okay to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we want to foster that environment where questions are allowed. We want to foster a history where there are answers, but we want them to be answers that do stand up to scrutiny. Um, not that we'll just say whatever because right. then they have a history of whatever I, this person says. I can't trust them. Right. So anyway, I just wanted to add that caveat. <laughs> that's, that's a good caveat to add, and yeah. I agree. I agree. And I do think that's why, especially with the Mama Bear Apologetics Ministry, mm-hmm. is so critical right now because it's equipping the moms to foster those questions, to give them the answers, but to give them the correct, solid foundation answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It addresses all three of those concerns that we've been discussing. Mm. And that's what's so great about this effort to equip the mom because, let's face it, they are the first ones that get those questions. Yes. Yeah. They are. You they know, are. The, the dad is the spiritual head of the household mm-hmm. as God designed it, mm-hmm. but it's the mom that's kind of in the trenches yeah. teaching yeah. on a daily basis because granted she's around she has more time with the children yes. and so as she's pouring that that um, spiritual learning into them it also has to come with that um, intellectual defense mm-hmm. of what they're learning mm-hmm. yeah and so I'm just listing a couple different resources that I can think of off the top of my head for this for if you have especially really young children um, I don't know how to say her last name is it Danielle Cormalinga is that right? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, she has a series called Picture Book Apologetics, and so I think you can go to her website. I think it's www.picture. We need to have her on sometime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had planned on having her on before Easter because I wanted her to maybe be talking about Picture Book Apologetics and um, specifically the one, I think it's uh, The Possums in the Empty Tomb. Mm-hmm. But we had a bunch of stuff happen this month, so mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But we will have her on. Uh, and then the second one that I can think of off the top of my head is Melissa Kane Travis's mm. Young Defenders series. That mm-hmm. these are books that you can read to your children at night uh, before they go to bed that start introducing these concepts. There's one more too, Dr. Craig's. Oh, yes. Those are, we have that. Did you have those books? No, I don't. Um, and oh, yeah, they're called the What is God Like books. Yes. And so we'll make sure to have a link to all these different books on the website in the podcast notes so that you can um, check them out for yourself. So this was the first weekend that we all finally got to be together as Mama Bears. And so mm-hmm. it, it's very special because this is the weekend that we're like formally announcing you, Catherine, as the newest Mama Bear. And we went to an apologetics conference this weekend where we got to have a Mama Bear table. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of it was sort of like your little debutante party. It was. It was wonderful. <laughs> I got to talk about my book And some, she's Southern, and... too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rebecca and I talked about if we are around you enough, we're going to start getting the I'm Southern accent. I'll drag him down with me. I love it. I love it. I can tell my voice changes when I talk to people with the the Southern accent. (laughs) I start having it. So, yeah. So, yesterday we went to an apologetics conference at Cottonwood Creek. Community Church? I think that's it. It was the uh, 
name what was the name truth talks truth Truth talks Talks. Mm -hmm. okay i get that confused because the rachel christie show is truth matters but yes this was the truth talks conference and we had sean mcdowell Mm -hmm. and jeff swearing and so sean mcdowell is professor with biola he and his dad just came up with an updated evidences that demand a verdict. Mm, mm-hmm. And let's see, Jeff Zwerink is with Reasons to Believe. And so he's an mm-hmm. astrophysicist, which that's one of those words that I use to like when I describe something that I just will never understand. <laughs> <laughs> Other people will talk about brain surgery. I'm like, I can sort of get brain surgery. Astrophysicist, <laughs> that I don't think I'll... They have to give us brain surgery to understand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So they were the keynote speakers. And then we had about 16, I think, breakout sessions. Mm-hmm. And so which ones did y'all... Well, I know one of the ones y'all went to. <laughs> yeah, we went to your... <laughs> and that was such a treat because not only mm-hmm. did I get to meet y'all for the first time, but I got to hear your lecture on mm-hmm. diagnosing doubt, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, it was mm-hmm. very, Wonderful. very good. Thank you. And uh, which other ones were y'all able to sit in on? Um, I went to the pro-life one with Jay Watts. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was very good. I, I heard, got some information I'd never, I didn't have, and I interact with a lot of people on the pro-life stuff, so that was good. A lot of pro-choice people. And, and then the Jeff Zwerink. Zwerink. I know. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, it's it's got the double E in there, Zwer- but it's not E. It's like Z-W-E-E-R-I-N-K. Zwerink. Zwerink. I think yeah. I've listened to enough of the Reasons to Believe podcast that I can s- Oh, okay. Say Does he on- oh, I have to start listening to those more because I, I enjoyed his lecture, especially the one on aliens. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, yes, they exist. They're out there now. <laughs> For the record, he did not say that. <laughs> he said that he's agnostic on he's it. He's agnostic on it. he did say that it's something Christians really need to think about. And I thought that was so cool because I just had a test from one of my classes. That's where, right. Where, like, well, if there are aliens out there and they're sentient, you know, they're human-like, does Christ's resurrection apply to them? And so we had to think about that, mm-hmm. you know. so Which is not just, I, it would have never occurred to me to have a professor ask me that question on a <laughs> test. So no. I enjoyed hearing about that for your test. Though. Yeah, no, so it was cool to hear him talk about that. He was a great lecturer. Yeah, yeah. he really was. He was very natural. And then um, I know you went to the, what was the one you did? Uh, well, we both sat in on Dr. Ray Boland's um, yes. talk on the Cambrian explosion, oh, okay. uh, yeah. which is really good. And, and I like how he ties it into why it's important that students are taught that because he has mm-hmm. a lot of focus mm-hmm. in making sure that the textbooks and the school yes. curriculums are still allowing that conversation to happen mm-hmm. because if we can get it where schools teach children to think critically about Darwinian evolution, mm-hmm. I think that will be the first step in getting it to fully be pulled apart at the seams. Yeah. And I think that some scientists high up that work on Darwinian evolution, some of them wouldn't mind that critical because a lot of them are questioning it as right, well. They're, right. they, they're saying it needs a rethink. Mm-hmm. In fact, the, the Royal Society in London just had their, I think it was uh, in the fall, like maybe October, November, somewhere around there. They had a meeting basically going, okay, guys, what are we going to do next? Because we're seeing this Darwinian paradigm starting to crumble. And we had several people from Discovery Institute. They were describing some of the things that they saw, like one of the scientists just angrily, like face just full of rage, pounding his fist on the table saying, but we can't introduce God. Wow. And they were all just that's, sitting back that's there. That's dogma running. right and, there. And yeah. It is. It's, it's their religion. It's the religious dogma, mm-hmm. too. It's anti-religious dogma. Yeah. But, yeah, but it's holding it back, and I think a lot of scientists are starting to see that. So that's good yeah. that he's mm-hmm. – I know he's working – Ray Bolin is with the textbooks and – Right. Right. Yeah, yeah he's, been, he's testified at several different hearings because they were trying to say that – 
you, they, they were trying to take out the word evaluate mm. to evaluate the evidence. And they were saying that ninth graders were not capable of this. And he oh. is, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was saying, uh, well, you know, I teach in a homeschool co-op over here in Richardson, Texas, and we do it all the time. And my ninth graders seem perfectly capable of doing this. And so he's actually testified at several different hearings to say, mm. no, they are developmentally able and capable of doing this. And so I think there was several things that they listed that was a, mm. a victory that we were able to keep certain words. Or I think one of the ones where the pro-evolutionary side touted it as this big success because they turned the word into, what was it, examine? Examine. Examine <laughs> instead of evaluate. And Ray was like, eh. It's all good. Okay, <laughs> let's examine. Yeah, sure. examine the, the evidence as a lack the thereof. What's the difference between examine and evaluate? I don't okay. know. But I guess but that they just think they're so afraid of religion. Mm -hmm. They have a fear, an irrational fear. Well, you know, I would say if if they if that's legitimate that ninth graders are incapable of evaluating, then we have a whole different issue with public education. <laughs> That's a <laughs> It might be. That might be true. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately. So, maybe the kids in the public school, maybe they can't do that. I mean, and a lot of the private schools, too. But I, I don't know. I'm just... So John and I have been reading through A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, um, yeah. And we just started on the second book, which I'd never gone past that. But it's so funny to hear him every time they're talking about this little character, Charles, Charles Wallace. Mm -hmm. He's the yes. super smart, you the know. savant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And John just keeps getting all emphatic. You know, he's trying to help put me to sleep with the reading because I have struggle with insomnia. But he's like, see, these kids, they're prime examples of why we need homeschooling. This kid <laughs> needs to be homeschooled. Yeah, yeah, he's not fitting into the school there. He's, yeah, not fitting in. So all that to say is we really want to encourage the mama bears uh, a couple of different things. Number one, when you do have these conferences that are coming through, we highly recommend going just to introduce yourself to some of the concepts that uh, Rebecca and I talk about on the podcast and some of the concepts that Catherine's going to be writing about in the blog. And the second thing that I want to ask you to do, and I want to tell you that I'm going to bat for all the moms out there every time I have an opportunity to speak to one of the well-known male apologists. And yesterday I gave my whole spiel to Sean McDowell. <laughs> and they all give me at first the same blank stare and then you see the light bulb come on oh. and they're like, that's a really good point. Is asking for childcare when you see an apologetics conference. And even if for, for you moms, because I know that a lot of times we don't have a lot of say yes. in what goes on at the church, but consistently asking for it to say, if this were provided, I would want to come. Yes. And so the thing that I'm asking for the well-known male apologist to do, I, I told Sean yesterday, I said, we need our papa bears. We need our protective papa bears. And when someone asks you to come and speak, I, would you please you ask for childcare yes. because if this is coming from a man, if it's coming from the man that they're wanting to have come speak at their church and they are the ones requesting childcare, then maybe eventually one day, you know, I'll die happy when we have childcare at all the apologetics <laughs> conferences so that it doesn't have to be a divided family thing. Cause what, what yes. happens is I, I said, what do you think happens? It's like, of course the men, a lot of times are more naturally interested. So the man goes and someone has to watch the kids. Who do you think that's going to be? It's probably going to be mom. And so we are just keeping so many moms from being yeah. able to mm -hmm. get this training. So maybe if we had a twofold approach where I keep asking the male apologist, please request this when they, when they ask you to come mm -hmm. speak. And I implore all our mama bears out there to make a point of when this conference comes through your church, bring it up, say, is there any way to get childcare here? Especially for the, the 
big names like Sean McDowell yeah. because they're typically at a bigger church mm -hmm. that has all the in infrastructure for yeah. really great childcare right. for people that don't right. know, mm -hmm. you know, aren't part of the church. They can come and mm -hmm. safely leave their kids with the whole electronic systems. And, right. and, and it is, it'll cost a little bit of extra money, but the churches typically do that very well for a lot of other events. But I think we need to get the church out of the mindset that this is a male thing. Yes. Well, or even... Um, you had a second uh, recommendation to Sean yesterday. Yes, to then have the Mama Bears come in and teach a segment as well. Yes, have more to women. have that draw. And wait, there mm -hmm. are some great women apologists out there already. Absolutely, um, Melissa Travis mm -hmm. and Mary J. Sharp and Dr. Nancy, Nancy Pierce, Nancy, Dr. Mm -hmm. Holly Ordway, who's my professor. I mean, there there are some great women that they can bring on to these. Trisha things. Scribner, I can't remember where she's at. Of she gave one of the best just intro to apologetics talks I've ever heard oh, okay. at the uh, women's conference at. The, the one in Charlotte that's at SES. I think it's the National Apologetics Conference. But yeah, there's there's so many really good women apologists out there. Mm -hmm. There's no reason not to be having more things for women. Mm -hmm. And I think back to the childcare point, um, because by not providing it, it either splits the, the family, so uh -huh. that the, and typically the male's gonna go because the woman is naturally gonna stay home with the children. Uh -huh. Or it's, um, you can bring the children, but it's only when you have children in high school. Yeah. Yes. So the, the demographic it's that it really late. eliminates mm -hmm. yeah. are the mothers of young children. Yeah. Um, because I can see a church saying, well, bring the kids. Well, you know, my five-year-old is not going to sit through a conference <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> listening to a talk about this, but, um, you know, that way also the husband and wife can go as a team. Yes. yes. And you need the mother and father on the same page of how to educate your children mm -hmm. and how to both think with that mindset as they talk around the dinner table yeah. about um, even just about the Bible, about current events, about mm -hmm. um, the world around us, so that both of them are coming at it from that same kind of yeah. angle. And I yeah. think having that childcare will, will foster that full family Well, and ultimately, mindset. apologetics is faith growing. Yeah. It really is building confidence. And when only one is having their confidence built, it, you do feel like you leave the other behind. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing. Um, when I was struggling with my doubt and I had to go to these conferences, we had to find child care. So we mm -hmm. thankfully have grandparents in the area and they could take them all day because mm -hmm. they're usually all day. And sometimes right. they're two days. <laughs> and But I wanted Lee going with me. I, for, first of all, I'm like, because I was the only woman. I felt like <laughs> strange going to these conferences and there's very few women there. Uh -huh. And so I wanted him to be there, but he, he also loves this stuff too. So. I'm so thankful for that because that's something we shared together and then we could discuss and growing together in that. And yeah. so it's, it's, so that's, I mean, that's another added bonus right there is just additional intimacy within marriages. It's marriage strengthening yeah, it's because like you're both growing in the Lord. Yeah. And we're called to love the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. We love the Lord too, but we love the Lord with our heart. In the fall. That's right. In the fall. <laughs> oh my gosh. That just derailed. Um, with our, with our heart, soul, and mind and strength. Yeah. And I think in some ways there's intimacy that we have with our spouses that needs to be on the heart, soul, mind, and strength level as well. And so if we don't have... Because you're flesh. Yes, you are. And yeah. if you don't have a way to be growing together intellectually as well, especially for the women who really have that need, I think there was a an article circulating... Uh, around on Facebook and it, it was something along the lines of like why why the church needs intellectual women or why the church needs the brainy women yeah. and it was kind of this testimony from a woman saying how just completely left out she felt from the church so there's a lot of women that do still have that drive they, they have their own questions and they really do want to discover these things 
and they need an avenue to be able to do that. And the women's Bible studies are great, but we want more. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll just leave our listeners with that for now, and uh, we'll just encourage you to go to apologetics conferences, um, request child care when you get a chance, and if you get a chance to talk to some of the, the higher name apologists, feel free to request that they ask for child Put care too. Put them on too. the spot. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> we women are good at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Catherine, will you do us the honor of praying us out today? Um, sure, I would love to. Oh, dear Father, we just thank you for this time to get together and um, and praise your name with our minds and with our soul and with all of our strength, Lord. And we just thank you um, for the ability to to study you and study your truths and gain that confidence and have the certainty of what of what we believe because you have proven yourself in multiple ways to to reach all of our hearts in a different way. And so I just thank you for the mama bears and that um, I have this opportunity to join with them to continue to minister to others, to grow other mothers and strengthen them and equipping their children to raise them strong in the faith. Mm -hmm. And so I just pray for all the listeners that they will be emboldened to teach these truths to their children and that we can go forward as stronger and more effective witnesses to the lost. Amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. Have you been stumped by your kids already? Or maybe you have a nagging question of your own that you think would make a good podcast. Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we will do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together.